Hey everyone, welcome to episode 25 of the Switch Focus podcast. That's right, we're now a quarter of a century old, uh, and we've got a probably a relatively short episode for you this week. Uh, so let's just uh, get right into it, shall we? So updates from last week's episode. Uh, Andrew's been playing Opus, The Day We Found Earth. This was a game I thought was okay. Uh, what did you make of it, Andrew? I did not like it. <laughs> I thought the entire game was just a pixel hunt game. I mean, that's that's pretty much what you do, is you use clues to find the right pixel on the screen that you're supposed to click. Yep, I can't argue with that so yeah. far. And I didn't think the story was very good either. Uh, I kind of liked it. I thought it was heartwarming. Uh... <laughs> Awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't solve any of the problems it introduced at the start, and... It was just focused on this character that I didn't really care about. So, yeah, Opus, the day we found Earth, it's like five bucks. No, no, not a great loss there. <laughs> and there is a sequel coming out, and the sequel sounds like it might be cool. So that, that was the only reason okay. I played it, but I was not I was not a big fan. I actually found it more impactful than Old Man's Journey. Oh. But I'm dead inside. You are so dead inside. I, just... I, was, I was literally about <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Maybe I just resonate more with the the robot than the humans. So Aww. haven't you ever had regret, Andy? Don't you regret <laughs> anything in your life? Uh, I sometimes regret starting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you invited me, so <laughs> I am a self inflicted uh, wound. Uh, so I've been playing a bit more Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going okay. I've just hit chapter five. Uh, I was enjoying it. But chapter four, it hit a point where it was like, oh, cool, I'm going to head to a new Titan. I'm going to see new visuals and things. And then it led me on a wild goose chase back through all the areas I'd previously been through, which was really annoying and just game lengthening for the sake of it. But I'm now on the new new region and that's kind of cool. I'm still enjoying it, still enjoying the combat. I think that's it really, apart from the other things we're going to talk about later. Uh, Any updates from you, Ginny? I wish. I'm still letting all of you guys down, and I'm not making any reasonable progress at all in Lost Sphere. Um, but um, my feelings towards the game, I think, are, are changing. Maybe it's because I've dragged it out for so long um, that the initial magic has worn off a little bit. But I keep finding myself thinking about I am set soon. I when I'm playing it. So um, stay tuned as to see how I feel about the ending, which a lot of people have been very disappointed by. Yeah, for for me, like the first. Two thirds of that game were as good as Setsuna, mm. and then that that final third just nose dives, and yeah, just man, what a disappointment. Um, okay, with updates out of the way, let's move on to the latest Switch news. Uh, first up, we have the news that Limited Run Games will be publishing physical versions of indies on Switch. The first will be Thimbleweed Park, a game that I. Th- think all three of us enjoyed Mm -hmm. that's correct Uh, and they used a teaser image to suggest that this is the first of four planned releases from them uh, with possibly more uh, depending on demand Andrew is your wallet crying I thought about it and I looked at the price I'm probably not going to invest in these although I was sorely tempted but buying a physical game when I already have the digital version I can't justify that right now, especially I'm collecting <laughs> Amiibo now, so... Oh, yeah. One of us. Yeah. If I wasn't collecting Amiibo, I might go for it. 
but my what little excess cash I have is going towards those now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, in other news, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. Uh, the Switch had its uh, 5.0 update. Uh, usually that sort of big cutoff represents a huge change. It didn't at all, really. Uh, all it added was uh, the ability to link your Facebook and Twitter and then add people you know from there. Uh, I have no interest in that. Sorry, Twitter followers. <laughs> I don't need a thousand friends on uh, Switch. Are, are you guys signing up to that one or not? Um, I know that some people have already found me through it. Um, some of my, my mutuals have, which is fine and all. But... I probably just won't be bothered with that stuff. I don't like linking my Facebook and my Twitter to a bunch of things. Like, I know you can do it now for other apps like Discord or Twitch. I've just never felt the need to. And most of my friends, I think, on Facebook don't even have the Nintendo Switch console. So for me, I feel like it's pretty pointless. So, I mean, if we're mutuals, yeah, go. you can add me if you like, but I'm not going to be probably using the system in that way myself. I like it because it lets me add all my mutual friends on Twitter. I don't have any Facebook friends that actually have a Switch, which is a big reason I don't really use Facebook anymore. But my Nintendo Switch is already full of friends who can't really invite me to anything and are names that I don't really actually recognize anymore. So it really doesn't make any difference to me either way until Nintendo expands their friend system to make it more user-friendly and make it so I can actually identify who all these people are. It could go either way. Cool. And uh, lastly is the news that they're doing a Nindies event this week, so we'll be sure to talk about that next weekend. And now's the time we'll look at this week's releases. Okay, so first up we've got uh, Coffin Dodgers. Andrew, you've been playing this one? Yeah, I played it through this week. It's a real short one. It's one of those budget kart racers and i think there's a good half dozen of them on the eShop now but i was uh, drawn to this one because of its premise which is about elderly people in a retirement community who are visited by death and they manage to convince death to participate in a contest for their lives which is ends up being kart racing on their mobility scooters uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, uh it unfolds like a typical points-based tournament kart racer like you know if you get first place you get 15 points second place gets 12 points etc etc and the the people in last place are ultimately reaped by death and by the time you get to the end of the chain you're the only one left and and there's an ending uh to it but really if you strip away that premise which really isn't that hard to do because it's all just superficial stuff thrown on top of a kart racer it's just any other kart racer you've played it's it's nothing special, but I was entertained by it for a good two to three hours, which is how long it took me to do literally everything there is to do in this game, just because of that premise. Okay, sticking with the racing theme, you've also been playing Cluster Truck? Yeah, that has nothing to do with racing. It's a platformer, but yeah. Oh, okay. It looked like racing from the screenshots. It, does, it would look that way, but it's really not. It's a platformer where you run from one end of a course to another, but you can't touch the ground. You have to stay on the back of semi-trucks that are driving through whatever the region is. And it can be anything from, like, a road to a canyon to a mountainside. And there's a pretty robust physics system in there that 
might have the trucks flying through the air or getting knocked aside by pendulums that are in the course or crushed in an avalanche and it can get pretty chaotic and when it's fun it's great because it can be really like super chaotic and just send you flying in all kinds of directions but those levels that are fun i think do outnumber the frustrating ones but you do get to the frustrating ones and you are just stuck on them for a long time and it drains all of the fun of the game out of it for me like the one i quit i just i just gave up and i had lost all desire to continue to play this game which yeah had me on the back of the semi-trucks riding along them and they go towards this series of poles that are spread across the course and you, you're supposed to jump over them or jump through them and I just could not do it. I think I was on that level for a good half an hour or so and I just gave up because I wasn't making any progress on it because this game is played in first person which I think is a mistake first of all this game needs to be in third person so you can see what's going on around you and you can see what you're landing on and you cannot a lot of the time and you know how when you're playing a a first person game there's a real sense of your character occupying the physical space like you can actually feel where the character is existing in there especially if it's a really good physics based one like you know like half-life or halo Mm -hmm. yep cluster truck does not have it at all i get (laughs) i get no sense of the entity that you play as existing in this space i discovered that if you hold up or you hold down on the joystick you can do a complete 360 degree spin yeah it's like yeah you'll do a standing flip basically uh it's like the character is a sphere that just is floating in midair but you can't actually see it so that's how it gets away with it and it's hard to get the character to land on things uh, often they'll continue moving forward after you've landed which i think is due to the physics system but it made some of the levels where you have to make a 90 degree turn really frustrating uh, and also the controls they're slow basically like if you strafe to move you're not gonna be able to move fast enough because the strafe is super slow basically you need to always be moving forward when you're playing this thing and just the frustrating level design on some of the levels and just the way the character, the player character, doesn't seem to physically exist in this world, I just gave up on it. I, am, I did not like Cluster Truck at all. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Attack on Titan 2. A mm-hmm. uh, bit of a, a reverse Musou we previously described it as. Jenny, you've been playing this? Yeah, so I've been playing Attack on Titan 2, um, as Andrew has just kindly told everyone about. I am someone who has had a background in the anime series, so I've watched most of the first season, a bit of the second season, and I've also read the manga very sparingly. So I'm someone that is familiar with Attack on Titan and the different characters in it, and I think that the game does a really good job of selling itself to you and the world to you if you have existed knowledge of Attack on Titan. If you don't, I think that you'll find it a little bit dense to get through. So I guess just on like a, just on like a, I guess, face value, you are not playing as any one of the titular characters of the game. So if you've heard about Eren, Levi, Mikasa, and Armin, you are none of those characters. You are just a random scout who just happens to be enlisted um, in the same sort of platoon and brigade as these other main characters. So it's like a very much like self-insert premise, which is like the Dragon Ball game that came out on the Switch earlier this year. You create a completely random character, male or female, and you're just sort of sucked into this world. Um, I will, however, say 
if you pick a female avatar, the game's dialogue won't register there. People will still <laughs> call you man. So um just Oh god. So it's a Lazy. very unfortunate Yeah, it's a very 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 unfortunate blunder in this day and age and just in general, but just be warned um if you do want to play as a woman that won't change anything about the game's dialogue whatsoever. Um, so be prepared for that if you do want to play as a female avatar. I did, so I thought maybe the first time it was like, oh, like, you know, like a kind of, oh, everyone on the team is the same. Nope, they just did not localize that very well at all. Nope, they just call me a dude every <laughs> single time. So that's fine. Um, that was one thing that sort of rubbed me the wrong way a bit, but, I mean, bad localization is not anything that's new. Some of the sort of online games were localized horribly, um, this is not as egregious as a lot of other localization errors, but they could definitely have bothered to clean it up. Apart from that, one thing I will say, if you do not like anime, you are not a huge fan of sort of corny JRPG slash anime storylines, this is not the game for you. Um, the game can feel very overdramatic in a lot of its cutscenes, um, especially because a lot of the stuff that you can do with the other side, with the other characters, um, ends up in you exploring their story arcs so you really the campaign is focused around the progression and learning about the main characters of the franchise which are not yourself it doesn't feel like you're playing your own story and building your own legacy you're just sort of the vehicle for narrative that comes from the attack on titan universe so which is partially why i'm saying if you don't know anything about the anime at all don't know about the manga don't care about it it'll be very hard to get emotionally invested in the story but in terms of the gameplay it's horrendously entertaining um, I, I loved it. I loved every chance I got to go into combat I would take, uh, mainly because of this grappling mechanic that you have uh, as a scout. So you've got something called, it's like a mobility system and it's attached to your scout and character and you use that to sort of do the crazy swings and roundabouts and you kind of feel like Peter Parker a bit um, when you're hacking and slashing. So it's similar to Monster Hunter in the sense that you kind of are meant to like jump around, get the weak points of the Titan and fell it. You can also capture it and harvest it for parts, which is looks as grim as it sounds. But the gameplay is all about taking down a beast that's a lot larger than yourself. So if you're someone who's really excited by combat like that, then this may be worth it for you just because it is quite exhilarating. But if you're playing it on handheld like I was for most of the time that I was playing it, there was a little bit of lag um, just when there were like multiple titans on the screen and even just fighting stuff in the overworld that wasn't within the confines of a town. Um, there was definitely a bit of slowdown in the flame in the frame rate, and I think if I were assigning scores for a review, I would probably dock a point just for how often that crops up. So just be warned if you're someone that likes to play stuff on the train or like just only on handheld, you're gonna experience this sort of like slowdown and input lag response when you actually play this game, which has not been fatal so far. But that's because the game isn't particularly difficult, I would say. So, like any other hack and slash game, it's just mostly about pushing buttons. You don't have to worry about reaction times being ruined by any lag or delay. Um, Andy, I think you were semi-interested in this. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been wanting to watch the Attack on Titan uh, anime for ages. Yeah. Just because I've heard how brutal it is. Oh, it definitely um, is very brutal. Yeah. So would you say it's a, a good starting point for someone? Um, who, who has that sort of outside interest in the series? Would it give them a good basis to go into the anime? Or is it you should watch the anime first and then, I, then go into this? I personally think that if you're already interested in the premise and you kind of know what it's about, like you know that it's got 
this kind of combat in it or this sort of european slash mock gothic setting in it if you already know about the aesthetic of the of the series and you're interested in it then this is probably actually a decent base because it sort of puts you right in the action of what people enjoy often the most about the anime is the, the spectacle of it so if you have interest already in the anime or in the series and this is something that you think might be a good i guess gateway drug for you um then yeah for sure 100 percent. i think the sheer verticality of the combat and how impressive everything feels when you're on the ground fighting these beasts i think that can only help and encourage interest if it's already there but if you don't know anything about the franchise you've never heard of it before um then i think this would be a much harder sell just because of how character focused narrative is but focus on other characters that aren't the one that you create so it's hard to feel invested properly um i liked it as an anime fan um if you just slap anime on anything i'd probably buy it um, um, so I think that it's got its value and I think it'll be a lot, a lot more fun with multiplayer because you do have AI squad mates and they're not very intelligent. Um, so I think multiplayer will be much more fun. Um, I think because it'll feel a lot more like Monster Hunter, which is a game that I really love. But if you're not an anime fan, you don't really care about the series or anime generally isn't your thing. I think you'll find this sort of a bit too hammed up and you probably won't enjoy it as much as others will. I don't know, you've made it sound like something I'd really want to play, but also something like I really would not want to play <laughs> at the same time. I feel like Ginny was talking to me the entire time there. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did nearly cough and, and go under <clears throat> halfway through. <laughs> so next up we have uh, Tesla versus Lovecraft, which Andrew has been playing. Yeah, this is another twin-stick shooter by Ten Tons, who, uh, if you follow publisher developers all that closely on the eShop when their new games come up you might notice that whenever there's a twin stick shooter that goes up there it's usually made by 10 tons and most of their twin stick shooters feel the same i think it's because they all use the same or a similar engine but of the 10 tons twin stick shooters that i've played of which there are many this is by far the best one. Oh, yeah the premise is obviously good because uh, a good premise is a good way to get me to even play a game in the first place. But Nikola Tesla, the famous inventor, comes to Arkham, which is where all of Lovecraft's stories are set, and gives a scientific demonstration of all of his lightning inventions. And Lovecraft shows up and says, you can't do this stuff, you're meddling in powers you don't understand. Then monsters come in and steal all of Lovecraft's inventions, and he sets out with a gun to steal them all back from all these Lovecraft monsters, and that's basically the whole game. Unlike Ten Tons other games, it's actually not procedurally generated. It's actually a set campaign, which you play through three different times on three different difficulty levels to get to the real ending, and I find it pretty satisfying to play because it focuses really well on just mowing down like dozens and dozens and dozens of monsters all at once and that's the best way to build up your character because you do start from scratch level one on every level but you build them up to a high level fairly quickly and you just get yourself a good gun and you just mow through monsters as fast as you can uh to wipe them out and that'll end the level and kick you on to the next one and you can get perks that cause your bullets to ricochet off walls or to pierce enemies or that make your character move faster and it's just a very satisfying character progression system that makes you feel initially 
not weak, but the on a much more level playing field, and then you build up to be this monster-killing badass with a lightning gun and a giant robot at its beck and call. <laughs> and just do that for a good two or three dozen levels on three different difficulty levels. I really enjoy it. Uh, it's hokey, and it's cheap-looking, but it's fun to play. Cool. Um, just out of interest, what were the other Twin Stick shooters they made? Oh, uh, just on the eShop that I know, uh, they've got... Are they the ones that did uh, Jidge? Yeah, or Judge? Jidge and Platinum Chrome, something like that. They're, <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like that. There are all these like cyberpunk games that like involve like mind-jacking people's bodies and fighting like some evil corporate headmaster. That's what a lot of their other Twin Stick shooters are like. But this one is a Twin Stick shooter and does look and play like their other Twin Stick shooters, but it's really its own thing, which I appreciate it for. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then uh, this week's big release, uh, which Andrew sat out because he wasn't <laughs> a big fan of the demo, uh, Kirby Star Allies. Ooh. This is my first ever Kirby game, as, I, as I've probably said on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm up to the near the end of World 2, uh, and I'm really enjoying it for my first go. The friend mechanics, as I gather, are new entirely. Is that right? Yeah. The, the whole charming your mid-bosses and using them to help you defeat other other yeah. things. Yeah, that's new. Yeah, so so you can pretty much make nearly every enemy your friend, including bosses, their mid-bosses, uh, and then use their powers to help you get through the levels. You can get them to combine powers. You can have them combine with the powers that you've taken on as Kirby. For example, if you get one of the sword-wielding Kirbys... You can have someone who uses an element like fire or lightning to sort of imbue your weapon with that that element to make it more powerful. Uh, It's pretty cool so far. I like how they tie that in with some of the puzzles with the hidden rooms. The whole thing looks stunning. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really colourful. It's cutesy as hell. It's totally not the sort of game I would have wanted to play in the 360 era. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Because I was all about the, the macho shooting things up, but... I'm glad to sort of finally be on board with this. And I I, I like the feel of it. It's, it's kind of like a really relaxing platformer. On Twitter yesterday, I, I became the thing I hated and called it a relaxformer. <laughs> oh no, it started. <laughs> Which I'm hoping will catch on. Checks in the mail if you start using that one. There's <laughs> royalties to be paid. <laughs> now, I remember Andrew saying he didn't like the demo because Kirby fell sluggish. Yeah, he moves super slow compared to the older Kirby games that I'm familiar with. Yeah, you can run. Yeah, you can. If you double tap the analog stick. And he moves really slow. No, I thought he moved pretty quickly. He's, he's pretty slow. When you go back and play Kirby's Adventure, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Wait, which brings me to my other point. It totally has made me interested in checking out some of the older ones. And luckily I've got a couple of those on, on the NES and SNES Mini, so... Uh, I might give those a look once these are done. Uh, I haven't had a chance to try the co-op yet. Um, I actually ended up buying the wife her own copy to say thank you for helping me. Aww. With a bit of a freelance uh, technical hitch. She sort of saved my bacon, so I thought I'd buy her a copy. Uh, so we've been playing it side by side, but we'll give the, the co-op a try later this week, I'm sure. Mm. 
Uh, how are you finding it, Janine? Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, I have played previous ones. And one of my favorite Kirby games is probably Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, which was a Game Boy Advance Kirby platformer. And I can definitely see the differences between how Kirby moved then and how Kirby moves now. So yes, Kirby definitely feels more sluggish compared to the older platforming games um, and compared to the other... Compared to just basically any other Kirby title is doing anything, even the Wii U one, I think Return to Dreamland, he still felt a little bit more responsive um, than Star Allies. But that having been said, I'm not too fussed. Um, I am 100% aware that this is, I think, a game that's been geared at a slightly younger audience that may have slightly poorer hand-eye coordination. And that's fine. Um, I, I'm I'm not really I wasn't really going into expecting like uh, any sort of difficulty at all in the platforming aspect. I think it definitely is, is a title that sells itself on its co-op capability. Definitely the things like the combination text that you need to clear certain areas. I think stuff like that really really incentivizes you to play it with mates because the AI is okay. But I think that this experience, the colorful sort of almost saturine sort of um, high fidelity Kirby the power of friendship type stuff i think it definitely is much better as a multiplayer experience having said that i haven't played multiplayer yet i'm kind of i think where andrew sorry where andy is in the game where i'm in world two kind of probably towards um the end of it and it's got a lot of familiar maps i would say like the layout if you've played any sort of kirby game from the Game Boy Advance era onwards, you know, the aesthetic is completely the same. It just Kirby, you can just maybe almost see Kirby's paws now based on the graphics. But I'm enjoying it because I didn't really expect it to be anything more than a family orientated game. I think it is worth noting though that if you play multiplayer, as even if anyone else on your screen falls behind, as long as Kirby is ready to go and out there, you'll be kind of teleported to Kirby. So if you're playing with children, you're playing with mates who don't really usually play video games, then you can play Kirby and essentially control most of the action and kind of keep the party together. So that would be interesting, I think. That probably is sort of why it's going to be more of a family title than like a game of the flat kind of title. But I'm enjoying it. I definitely am waiting until I've got a mate to get it and play with me but i mean it's good it's cute it's what i expected i didn't expect anything groundbreaking from a kirby platformer and i'm pleased with the price that i paid for it you mentioned the the ai mm-hmm. uh, it is pretty good on ho- on the whole like i have this habit of managing to lose my power up by accident before <laughs> hitting a boss and then i've got no way of attacking them and then the, i'm just like keeping out of the way while my my ai colleagues sort of beat them for me mm. and then I jump in and make them a friend or take on their power or whatever. Yeah. There there is a couple of instances where I've been trying to suck up one of the, the normal enemies to help me get past the puzzle and they'll all just rush him. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to sort of get there first. <laughs> it's like it's like that little pixel too much and then they'll all start bombarding him with yeah. attacks. But but on the whole it's pretty pleasant. I it's definitely a kid's game. Oh for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. And it's it's a really different type of platformer to what i'm used to like and with the you know the whole floaty flying mechanics yeah can you really call it a platformer uh it's just more like a side-scrolling action game isn't it but uh yeah i I mean i i I guess there are platforms to jump on um yeah and you are it's just it's just (laughs) 
totally different from anything else I've played. So yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know how I've never played a Kirby game. Well, I mean, being such a big Nintendo, yeah, fan. it definitely feels a lot like the the other sort of um, Lu- Mario and Luigi universe type um, co op platformers. So if you've played one of those before um, on the Wii U or something, this is what that feels like. Very little actual p- demand on the brain as to f- as to figure out what you need to do. Um, and very much just all about moving the party forward through really cute environments. Uh, have you got the? Uh, have you had the rock power yet? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, because you can turn into a statue at any time, and it and it turns into a different statue, and there's some really cool Easter eggs in there. So oh, just FYI, okay. check that out. Okay, that's probably about all my thoughts on it so far. We can update you hopefully next week when I'm. I reckon I probably will have finished it. I'm gonna try and aim for like a world or two a night. Yeah, I think it's. Week. I think it's possible. I've heard that it's not particularly long, but I don't know how many worlds are in there for sure. But I will definitely aim to finish it for next week. Cool. So uh, this is something of a, a, a new segment for us. Uh, so with all the uncertainty surrounding Smash Brothers, whether it's a port, whether it's a new game, uh, Andrew came up with the idea that we are going to make wild predictions once a week until it releases, and then we'll see how many we got right. I think that I think that Noctis will be in it. Oh wow. Well, he's been in everything lately, including Cup of Noodles, so why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, I mean, we I feel like if they were going to replace Cloud, it would be with Noctis. Please don't replace Cloud. That was my joke last time, but I guess it doesn't count as a prediction. But I don't think Cloud's going to make the cut. Yeah. He will. You'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's aged very well. I mean, we've got Noctis now. Come on. Ugh, Noctis can... Go to hell. Cloud all the way. Wow. I love Noctus, but I, you know what? I prefer Prompto. Yeah. He's my Prompto. Boy. Damn right. They're not going to put him in. Um, okay, my prediction is I think we're going to get the entire roster from the last game. That's my big, bold one straight out of the gate. There you go. Okay. My prediction is Link is going to get a redesign uh, based on yes. his appearance and abilities in Breath of the Wild, but mm-hmm. the classic Link will live on as Toon Link. Rest in peace, Toon Link. <laughs> what, what if there's three Links? There could be, but I my prediction is there will be two. Breath of the Wild Link, who will be all new, and Toon Link, who will have uh, the abilities that Link has had in previous Smash Brothers games. Or we could get like Breath of the Wild Link and Linkle. <laughs> oh. Linkle would be good. Yeah. Come on. Be, be still my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Linkle as an assist trophy would be cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, there you go. So we'll we'll keep a track of those, and then we will go through the entire list when the game releases, or another episode. We'll see how how many we have. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Okay, folks. What are we playing in this coming week? Uh, there's a lot of games coming out in the coming week. I don't know if I'm going to have time to play all of them, but what I have my eye on is Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, which was a Game Boy Advance game, which is getting a port. And it mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's a quite an HD update, but it, I enjoyed Shantae uh, Half-Genie Hero, so I'll definitely check out Pirate's Curse. I do have a copy of Attack on Titan 2 coming, and uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully I will enjoy it in spite of Genie's dire predictions. Uh, a narrative game called Last Day of June came out this week, but I don't think I'm going to have time to play it until next week. 
Uh, there's a puzzle game based on 80s slasher movies called Slay Away Camp Butcher's Cut, which looks really cool. And a platformer that seems to be kind of riffing off the Dark Souls aesthetic called Castle of Heart is out next Friday. I might make some time for that, too. And uh, what about you, Jenny? So I'm going to be playing Swim Out, which is a sort of... Um... It's a puzzle game that has a very sort of rape head down look and aesthetic. Um, it looks like you arrange a bunch of synchronized swimmers um, and solve various positional puzzles with them. So that looks quite interesting to me. And then there's this game called No Thing, which is something which is going for about $3. Incredibly cheap, but it looks like a narrative adventure. Um, if you go on the eShop, it's got like a bullet point list of why you should get it. And it's like weird narrative strange music like crazy <laughs> plot and i'm like yeah for three dollars why not um so i'll try that one out and let you guys know what it's actually like because it looks completely incomprehensible so that will be interesting um and then i guess i'll be finishing off kirby star allies and hopefully cracking more into lost sphere once again <laughs> this may as well be its own segment at this point <laughs> so jenny you done with lost sphere yet Oh, God. It's like two years later. No. <laughs> I'll definitely finish it before then. We'll see. Well, for me, let's see if I can do the same thing with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Because uh, I'm going to carry on playing that. Um, I have been preoccupied with a, a PS4 game for freelance duties. And I want to finish that. Uh, even though my work's near enough done on that now. I'm going to crack through Kirby Star Allies a little bit every day. Uh, and hopefully play a normal Lost Phone and uh, Subsurface Circular at some point. I think I'm being a bit optimistic, but we'll see how I go. So thanks for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes because it really helps to get our podcast noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn and other podcast services. We also have a YouTube channel where we upload the first hour of many of the games that we play and talk about on the podcast. And I know Andrew is streaming most of the games that we talk about as well. And you can find him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash playcritically. You can also follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at Switch Focus Podcast for switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. If you want to support the show even more, you can also buy us a coffee and we'll leave the details for that on our website. And they're also on our Twitter page. You can follow us individually as well. Andy is at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. And I'm Ginny at Ginny Woes. Thanks again for listening.
you know what I love? I love how like pessimistic Andrew comes across, but then he's so optimistic about what he's going to play in the coming. Yeah. I'm going to play these games <laughs> and I'm going to hate them. I love it. Why is this my life, mother? <laughs>